There is a saying that goes something like, Conversion is turning onto the right road. The next thing to do is to walk that road. And that has been the important bit for me. It wasn't the enlightenment that seeing things in a new way brought to me. It was walking that new road and discovering how much more there was to know. This is Canine Nation. This is episode 95, and it's Tuesday, March 18th, 2014. In addition to these podcasts, Canine Nation appears at Life is a Human, the online magazine. You can find an archive of all the Canine Nation articles at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. Canine Nation also has its own website at caninenation.ca, and here you can find an archive and links to all of our podcasts and all of the articles at Life is a Human. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brad. Well, spring is in the air, and this week we host our annual spring agility trial. We're looking forward to seeing a lot of old friends and to meeting some new friends as well. It's that time of year when we dust off our outdoor gear and start doing many of those activities with our dogs that were just too messy in the rainy winter weather here in Victoria. This is kind of a personal podcast for me. It's about some mistakes I made and some things I learned. I have often found that it's nice to learn from the mistakes of others if I can. Perhaps this article will offer you something to think about and help you avoid some of the pitfalls that I wasn't able to sidestep. As always, thanks for listening. Deciding to change how I lived and worked with my dogs wasn't difficult. That decision was all but made for me by Vince. Vince was our Belgian Traverne who, at the age of 18 months, told us that he had had enough of coercion, compulsion, and force training, the kind of training that we had used on previous dogs for so many years. And he showed us that he was willing to use his teeth and anything else at his disposal to get us to stop what we were doing. It was a very dangerous time. The difficult part was admitting that we had been so wrong about dogs. There was a better way. It was at that point that I discovered something even more difficult than accepting my own failures with my dogs, and that was being around other dog owners who didn't have the same experience that I had who hadn't had a reason to reevaluate how and why they train their dogs the way they do. And perhaps most difficult of all, that it was not my obligation or even my place to share with them the things I had learned without their permission or their invitation. Evangelism is exhilarating from the inside, but to those who are intended to hear that message, it can be somewhat less pleasant. It was a hard lesson but one that I will never forget. This is my article, Born Again Dog Trainers. There is no zealot like a convert. It's one of those bits of conventional wisdom that just happens to ring pretty true. A dozen or so years ago, I learned some pretty important things about dogs, and it changed me. For a short time, it changed me into something of an evangelist. 
once I gained an understanding of behavioral science, reinforcement-based training, and what we know about the cognitive abilities of dogs, I suddenly saw, with impressive clarity, every single mistake and bad decision I had ever made with every dog I had ever owned. Like most new converts to a new way of thinking, my ability to see mistakes and bad decisions regarding dogs and training did not stop at my own conduct. Each trip to the dog park, every weekend at a dog agility trial, each visit with a friend who owned a dog provided more opportunities for me to see that I was not alone in doing it wrong. Armed with my newfound knowledge, there seemed to be no end to the errors and problems that surrounded me. If that sounds really annoying, it probably was. Fortunately, it didn't last very long. I worked hard to put it all into perspective. At an animal training conference I attended many years ago, I heard author and animal trainer Karen Pryor describe her experience meeting reinforcement-trained horses for the first time. She described them as, quote, a completely different animal, unquote, from the horses that she had met to that point in her life. The facial features, posture, movement, the very being of these animals seemed fundamentally different to her. It was a perfect description of my own change in perception about dogs. It was like one of those crazy optical illusions where you see the picture one way and suddenly it changes. You see a different image that was previously hidden from you. But from that point on, you can't not see this new image anymore. A change like that can hit you on many levels. There are new questions to be answered. There are new answers to be incorporated into your thinking. There are new ways of doing and ultimately a new way of being. In my case, a new way of being with dogs. It doesn't come without its downside, however. New knowledge also meant that I could very clearly see what I had done wrong in the past. Because I had come to this change in thinking while we were raising a new dog, my mistakes were literally staring me in the face. Each time that dog looked at me, the grief and guilt over my bad decisions was almost overwhelming. Sigmund Freud believed that guilt was a state of internal conflict about something that you believe is wrong. For me, everything I believed about dogs and dog training was right until one day it wasn't anymore. Looking back at my relationships with dogs in this new context left me with a lot of inner conflict. Psychologists have long known that guilt brings with it a need for atonement and forgiveness. The victims of our actions must forgive us our wrongs in order to relieve our guilt. In the case of our dogs, that's not an easy proposition. They can't just tell you that they forgive you. I was fortunate in that I was able to get a sense of forgiveness relatively quickly in two important ways. First, the dog we were doing so badly with experienced a dramatic change of personality for the better almost immediately after we started using reinforcement-based training. Secondly, we brought a new puppy into our lives and committed to using behavioral science and reinforcement training to bring her up. Both cases provided an overwhelmingly positive experience for both my wife and me. 
Perhaps in retrospect, we might have been a little too positive about it all. As I mentioned earlier, my efforts to learn as much as I can about modern animal training and canine science allowed me to see the human-dog relationship in a whole new light. But I wasn't content to just explore my own relationships with dogs. I began to observe and take note of the problems in the relationships of humans and their dogs around me in my daily life. That began a short period of evangelism for me, where I would enthusiastically offer observations, opinions, information, and advice to any and all dog owners within earshot. Unfortunately, I was not particularly concerned whether the owner was interested or had solicited my input. One day, I was struck by another important realization. People who don't know much about dogs or behavioral science still love their dogs very much. Sure, they may have difficulties. They might even have ineffective ways of training or dealing with their dogs. But that didn't mean that they didn't love those dogs. They hadn't had the same shift in perspective that I had, and so, in their minds, they didn't have that experience of feeling wrong. There was no guilt for them. They still felt like they were doing things right because of what they knew and because of what they understood. That was an important realization for me. It changed me from an evangelist into a teacher. I no longer felt I had to save these dog owners from their state of being wrong on some moral level. I could teach them what I had learned. If I could give them the information that had changed my perspective, they would have an opportunity to change their perspective too. This wasn't about morality or right and wrong. This was simply about more informed choices and making better decisions. Unfortunately, there is a lot of folklore and misinformation about dogs and dog training. While I was feeling that evangelical fervor, it seemed that everywhere I looked, there was some new bit of nonsense that I simply had to correct. The dog world seemed awash in ineffective, harsh, and unnecessarily cruel practices all in the name of getting the dog to behave properly. It might have been easy to get stuck there. There are so many people doing so many questionable things to their dogs that there would scarcely be enough time in a day to address them all. But I got tired of looking for problems and got busy looking for answers. Not everyone who comes to modern dog training can avoid the trap as quickly as I did. I came to my new perspectives before Facebook existed. Today, the online world offers social networks like Twitter, Google+, Facebook, Quora, and many others where people can offer up and pick apart opinions, information, techniques, videos, and more. If I were so inclined, I could address all of these wrongs in the dog training world faster and on more fronts than ever before. But where does that get me? Well, I get to have my say on such matters. But does anyone listen? I'm sure some do. I will get my share of likes and comments supporting my views. I'll also get my share of opposing comments and views. But the online world allows me to associate only with those people who share my viewpoint, a place where we can all huddle together and point at all of those wrongdoers and wring our hands in dismay. 
It's an easy place to get stuck lamenting all that is wrong while never having to teach others what we know and helping them decide to change. The real danger of that evangelical trap seems to be that it leads to nitpicking. It's possible to become so involved in righting our past wrongs that we start to see everything as another form of the same wrong thinking that caused our guilt in the first place. For a short time, I was looking so closely at dog training issues that I was unable to separate the important concepts from the minutiae. I began finding fault where none really existed. It's easy to be critical of things like shock collars and choke chains. These are tools that are frequently and easily misused to cause unnecessary pain and distress in dogs. With a bit more thought, we can be critical of certain leash-walking techniques like using leash corrections to yank a dog to stop them from pulling. No electricity or prongs involved, but enough force to damage the dog's windpipe if we do it hard enough or often enough. But then the arguments can get downright petty. It has been suggested that using food and training can cause a dog to become aggressive, even though we feed our dogs every day without such danger. Recently, I have seen articles suggesting that it can be dangerous to play too much with your dog because they won't know enough to stop and take a break if they need it. Almost daily, I see some comment or blog post taking a training or scientific concept to a ridiculous and impractical extreme just to prove that it is yet another way to abuse dogs. Some days, I just want it to stop. No more problems. We should know more answers. I know from my own experience that I had to move from relative ignorance to understanding to advocacy to evangelism and then begin the road back to a more effective advocacy based on teaching those who are open to learn. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there is to know about dogs and dog training. But I'm trying to find out, and I'm happy to share what I'm learning and listen to what you might have to share as well. What I'm finding less and less time for these days is staring at the sins of the rest of the world as it relates to dogs. I don't visit the latest shock collar training websites to post critical remarks. I don't look for stories of inhumane treatment of dogs to share on my favorite Facebook groups. I don't read blogs in order to find what's wrong with that trainer's particular approach to working with dogs. I look for things that I can add to my own body of knowledge. I look for those things that can make me a better dog trainer and a better dog owner. I understand that evangelical drive. I have been there myself. I understand the need to acknowledge all of the things that we do to our dogs that are harmful and unnecessary. I hope we can learn from those experiences. I hope that we can address such things and quickly find a way to use the information to make us better, as trainers, as dog owners, as human beings. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. Rather than offering links to source information this week, I thought I would share with you some article sources by two of my favorite dog people. Patricia McConnell is an author and animal behaviorist whose books, The Other End of the Leash and For the Love of a Dog, were incredibly valuable to me. You can find her blog at theotherendoftheleash.com. 
Kathy Sedeo has been training animals for most of her life. From dolphins and sea mammals to cats and dogs, Kathy has a wealth of experience that I can only hope to achieve one day. When I first started learning about behavioral science and reinforcement-based training, I was lucky enough to see Kathy speak. Her knowledge, enthusiasm, and wonderfully clear presentation made so much sense to me that I never looked back. I'm grateful to Kathy for her inspiration and wisdom. You can find some wonderful articles by Kathy at kathysedeo.com forward slash articles dot html. That's k-a-t-h-y-s-d-a-o dot com forward slash articles dot html. And check out Kathy's book, Plenty in Life is Free, Reflections on Dogs, Training, and Finding Grace. It's available at Amazon, dogwise.com, and other online booksellers. Don't forget you can pick up any of my ebooks from dogwise.com, a great resource for anything you're looking for with regard to dogs, DVDs, books, toys, and more. Also check out our Canine Nation Facebook page and our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group. We also have a Canine Nation Google Plus community where you can also add your discussions if you prefer that. And finally, we have a Twitter account that you can communicate with us on. It's canine underscore nation. If you have a question or comment for us, please feel free to contact the Canine Nation podcast at barks at caninenation.ca. We look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, take care of the dogs. Bye for now.